Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Big Sills is back, baby. National Football Show. Think we ruffled some feathers yesterday? That's what we do here on the National Football Show. Welcome aboard with us. Appreciate all stepping in here. Funny. I was talking to my boy, Krause Jr., prior to going on here. He's like, not Gruden again. You see, the one thing that's different from our show compared to the other shows, they don't have inside sources. They don't have the backdrop of some of these stories that have really reared its head over the last couple months in the NFL. We, we know so many people in the sport, not just in football, in all sports. Doc Rivers. I had a great text message back and forth with Doc. And Ben Simmons, he goes, can you believe Rich Paul talked that dude into, and by the way, this is all I'll say here on that, but he goes like this, can you believe Rich Paul talked that guy back into coming on and showing up to camp with the Sixers? I'm like, no, I can't. There must be some money somewhere being held up. He goes, bingo. So let's just leave it there, okay? Mark Cuban, all these guys, man, we have great relationships with so many people. And yesterday we told the ugly story of the backdrop of the John Gruden era, either being a broadcaster or being a coach. And it's dominated the headlines. And as I said to you yesterday, there's going to be more collateral damage with more names and more faces that are going to rear its head from this story. I'm not going to spend the entire time like we did yesterday on this thing here because Krause Jr. is right, man. There's a lot of great storylines in the NFL here. We got a big game on Thursday night. Um, Jalen Hurts is in an audition for the next month, I would say, before the Eagles have to make a decision on whether or not he is the face of the franchise or they have to go shopping. Tom Brady and the Bucks, okay? Is this team as good as last year that won the Super Bowl? A lot of guys are saying that this unit is better. Okay? So we'll talk more about that. Trevor's aboard with us. Joey B, how you doing? And who I'm talking to? As you guys know, each and every single day, we, we bring so many things here to the table here. And you guys bring just as much as I do. You guys come prepared. No question. Shakur, thanks for coming aboard. How you doing? That should be the name of the show, right? How you doing, man? I love it. By the way, how's John Gruden doing? Isn't it funny that John Gruden's name is the only name that has reared its head out of this Washington investigation? Big Birds, how you doing? Isn't it really weird? Now all of a sudden, Adam Schefter's name. Remember I told you guys yesterday that Adam Schefter was getting stories from John Gruden and from Bruce Allen. That was their megaphone. Adam Schefter was their megaphone. Bruce Allen would tell John Gruden, and John Gruden was the middleman for Adam Schefter and ESPN. 
They were giving him information on the lockout. They were giving him information on relocation. They were giving him all kinds of intel that was coming out of the NFL owners' meetings. ESPN had really the front seat at all of this because Bruce Allen was rifling all the information from the league meetings to Adam Schefter. You know that stupid-ass thing he used to do by putting the phone up to his ear all the time? That was a direct number right to Bruce Allen, the president of the Washington Redskins. So all the things that ESPN and all the stories that he was breaking. Now, if you saw Keith Oberman today, Keith Oberman was like, okay. And I guess Daryl Ravel and him were going back and forth. And, you know, I guess Keith called, said that you're not a journalist. And he's really not. Darren Ravel is not a journalist. This guy's a numbers dude. I mean, he's not a journalist. Call yourself that. And by the way, don't ever call me a journalist because I'm not. I am a radio and now a streaming personality. That's what I do. I don't pretend to be a journalist. Some of the things that I'm told, hey, sometimes they give it to me to throw it out there to plant. I know that. A lot of agents, a lot of general managers. You've seen the people that have come on our show before. But do you have a problem with ESPN? Getting information from John Gruden. What up, Carlos? You guys have a problem with that? What, you don't think that that goes on with all media guys, with all those guys, Jason Lackenfora? How do you think those guys get their intel from? They get their intel from people that are inside the organization or organizations, and that's how those guys become insiders. How do you think all these people got where they are? The NFL let some of these guys in. They give them information, sometimes misinformation. And Adam Schefter's the biggest, he, he, he's the biggest fraud of it all. You know how people in the industry always say, well, if it comes from Schefter, you could pretty much take it to the bank. Of course you could take it to the bank because he's probably getting it from a president or general manager. Okay? Unbelievable, man. So when you look at that, make no mistake about it. Okay? You have to understand that people, they understand all that stuff, man. They know all that stuff. They know the ins and outs of what's going on, man. So you have to understand that. You have to understand that today's media people to get access, they make relationships with all these general managers and with all these presidents. Joey B. The Rock tweeted, Dan, unbelievable, good stuff. Of course, man, me and The Rock are boys, man. Love The Rock. Need insiders to be an NFL journalist insider. <laughs> right on. So Bruce Allen should be getting a cut of Schefter's contract. How do you think all that information got out there? And by the way, how about the NFL saying now that they're not going to release any kind of emails when it came to, um, you know, the investigation, actually what they were investigating, Daniel Snyder and his creepy organization. They're not going to say anything about Daniel Snyder in any of the emails. So, I mean, there's more to come with this. 
I'll tell you this. There's a lot of people in the NFL. Let me throw this at you here. Do you believe John Gruden was ambushed? Okay. Hey, hey, Carlos. Watching Schefter talk about Gruden is a joke is so true. Yeah, because after he's been sacrificed, it's easy to talk about him now. You don't have any ties because Bruce is now out of the he's now out of the game. Bruce Allen will never get a job. Smile. Shakur, you guys think that John Gruden was ambushed by the league. I'm gonna give you guys and I'm gonna move the story forward. You ready? I spoke to Mark Davis today. And Mark Davis says that talk to the NFL. They have all the answers. Mark Davis feels ambushed by the league. The Raiders had no idea of any of this. And why they didn't go to the Raiders first, get this. They never went to the Raiders. The league went to the New York Times. Brian McCarthy came out and said, we are not going to release any more emails. So think of this for a second. The NFL, one of their business partners, the Raiders, they didn't go to them. They went to the New York Times instead of the team. What does that tell you? They had an ax to grind. They had an ax to grind with John Gruden. No matter how disgusting Daniel Snyder was the way he ran his organization, John Gruden's emails were paramount. How about John Gruden being taken out of the Buccaneer Ring of Honor? You guys okay with that? I'm so not. So wait a minute. Warren Sapp has all of these domestic violence charges, and he's still in the Buccaneer Ring of Honor. You've got a guy on your football team in Richard Sherman who was just arrested for DUI and D.C. and for domestic terrorism or something in California on your team. Antonio Brown has a pending lawsuit against him for domestic violence. Where do the Buccaneers come off being holier than thou when they've got guys on their football team who have done 10 times worse than what John Gruden did? John Gruden didn't break the law. These men were arrested. They were arrested. Okay? Sapp was arrested multiple times. Richard Sherman has been arrested multiple times. Antonio Brown arrested multiple times and suspended. But he's on the Buccaneers. And the Buccaneers and the Glazers thought it was in their best interest to take Gruden out of the Ring of Honor. Listen here, I'm not condoning anything. I'm just saying, don't you think you got to be a little bit fair here with the process? This is not just a John Gruden thing here. This is a league thing. You think John Gruden is the only coach that talks in private email like that? Are you under some um, delusion that people don't have locker room talk, or don't drop N-bombs. You know what's funny? I always love to hear people that say they've never said the N-word. I've never said it. Really, ever. Ever in your life, jokingly, never. Never said it. That's a lie. I've said it. 
That's a lie. You know that. 99% of the people have said it. The only difference is, is that I said it in front of my teammates. I didn't put it in an email. That stuff's going to come back to smash you. Shakur says this. Hey, Sills, what's what's um, a take on Aaron Rodgers' comments on Gruden's um, EMI? I don't know what that is. I don't know what you're referring to. Shakur, give me a little bit more insight on that. Um, listen, I just, I, I, like I said, are you under some impression that other coaches? Here, I'll give you guys a story. Oh, on his emails. Okay. Tell me what he said because I didn't see the comment. I'll say this to you. Do you guys remember a press conference? This must have been about 13 years ago. Okay. This must have been about 13 years ago. Do you remember Bill Parcells was asked about a play? And he goes like this. Yeah, you know, we run that jet play. And the reporters were like, excuse me, coach? Yeah, you know, it's like a sneak attack play. We run a jet play. Okay? Do you remember that? You could probably YouTube it. And everybody sitting there was stunned. And Bill didn't think he said anything bad. That was the terminology and talk that he, because he was raised and he's a wartime baby. And people said, Jap, hey, you watch any of those old movies? They, they drop the Jap thing on you all the time. You're like, Jesus, man. Not sure that movie could be um, put out today, you know, when you're dropping that kind of like, you know, I don't, that kind of language, I don't, you know, you're not, you're not going to put that in a movie today. He said this, um, yes, those emails and Gruden's comments have no place in the National Football League. Of course they don't. Not today. Absolutely. But what, hey, Shakur, I'm going to say something to you here that you know is true, but no one will say. Yes, today. 15 years ago, coaches said that stuff all the time. They talk like that with emails all the time. Am I wrong? Don't I, I, I like how all of a sudden we're just acting like, well, Jesus, Gramini, this can't be tolerated ever. It was tolerated. There was a time in our country where blacks and whites were drinking out of different water fountains. Okay? Okay? We had different water fountains. So don't tell me that times of... Uh, okay, that that times were different back then. That every, white people and black people ate in different sections of restaurants. They sat in different areas on buses. You're trying to tell me that our country wasn't different 30, 40, 50 years ago? Well, then you don't read a book. And you don't know how things evolved. Yeah, so today, can you say those things? Absolutely not. The things that I said... In radio, 25 years ago when I first started, you cannot say today. You can't do any kind of impressions of any ethnic race. You can't, even jokingly, like you can't be joking about doing a Chinese impression of Don Yee, Tom Brady's agent. That's not going to cut it, man. 
or doing a Mexican or doing whatever. It's just not going to cut it. So all this stuff, there is no question about it that the National Football League has opened up a wound here that they need to, without a doubt, put to bed, but they're not going to be able to. What happens to the Raiders now? Look at what the NFL did to the Raiders season this year. What are the Raiders, sitting at 3-2? and two? You think the Raiders are going to have any kind of successful season this year when you chop the head of your football team off? What do the Raiders do? What, is, what does David Carr do? All these guys, man. I mean, the Raiders are now left in limbo because they took their coach out. And the Raiders had a good football team. They had a nice start. First five games, I would go like this. I don't know. Raiders look like they're a playoff team. So, I'm, I'm, you know, I mean, but obviously, why now? All right. Let's move on to this here now. Buccaneers and Eagles. Do we not agree? Do we not agree here that we have the next four weeks, five weeks maybe, as an audition for Jalen Hurts? Do we not agree? This is an audition. I'm going to give you my evaluation on Jalen after the first five games. It's two and three, correct? Here's my evaluation on what I've seen this year. Is he getting better? Yes, he's getting better. Is he accurate? Here, I'm going to do it professionally like all the scouts do. Big Bird said clock is ticking on Jalen. By the way, can I make a point to you guys? Jalen Hurts is better than Zach Wilson in New York. And he's also better than Tua Tugaviola in Miami. I don't know what that means to you. But I say this about Tua. Guy's always hurt. Barely can read a playbook. And I don't see it. Zach Wilson, the guy that the Jets drafted at number two this year, probably a little too soon for me, but I don't see it. He's a turnover machine. He's too small. He's not really elusive in the backfield. He goes down quick when there's traffic around him. And he's got Baker Mayfield disease. You know what that is? He lacks courage in the pocket. When you're an NFL quarterback, you have to have courage in the pocket. Jalen's got courage. It has to start there. You know, he's not taking off running because he's afraid. He's taking off running because he believes that part of his game can create positive yards. There's a difference. When I watch Baker Mayfield, and I see Baker Mayfield take off, he's taking off because he's scrambling to save his life. When I look at when, when I look at Jalen, he's trying to make positive yards. Okay? Wow. Can you believe it? The Buccaneers are seven-point favorites. Joey B says it should have been about ten and a half. I don't think so, Joey. They're going to the link. You're never going to get a big number like that. And Philly showed a little bit of an ability to be able to stop people. 
Big Bird says since Tua went down with that hip injury in college, he hasn't been the same. Bingo. He was really getting better and better and better under Sarkeesian's direction, wasn't he? I agree with you. Was it the LSU game he went down in? I think it was the LSU game, right? He got injured. I thought he was continuing to skyrocket. I thought he would have been the number. If he don't get hurt in that game, in my opinion, Tua Tagovailoa would have been the number one overall selection. But because he got hurt, his ankle and his in his knee, that really started really, I think, spiraling downwards on him. I forget if that was the LSU game, if he ended up going down in that game. Carlos Lombardi says 31-20 Tampa Bay TB12 strikes. 11 points? That sounds about right. But let me get back to Tua here, or excuse me, to Jalen. By the way, Ross Tucker from the Ross Tucker podcast will be with us. Ross does a lot of preseason stuff for the Eagles. I'll get his assessment here in a couple minutes on what he thinks of Jalen Hurts' play so far and Sirianni's play calling. And does he think they have a shot against the Buccaneers on Thursday night? So I'll say this to you. Here, watch. Is he accurate? I don't know about his... I think he's about a C in accuracy, C plus. Is he a leader? You know, does he command the pocket? That's a B plus to me. Um, is he smart? Man, I think he's, I think he's a really smart guy. I really do. Probably should be the first question you answer. Is he smart? Does he process? And the reason I say that, does he process the intel once he's back in the pocket? Does he take the play calls? Can he change at the line of scrimmage? Can he audible out of something into a run? Does he see the field yet? Probably half the field. Okay? Probably half the field. Does he have the coaching around him? That's almost like an incomplete question, isn't it? So right now, I would look at Jalen so far this year. I would say that he's he's a B. A solid B so far. Maybe lower B minus because you know why? You can't give him too much because they are two and three. Now, is, is that all his issues? No, the play calling, the personnel on the team. Hey, and for the record, I'll say this also. Um, you know, he, okay, he doesn't really have a lot of help around him. But what I mean by that is play calling is a little bit sketchy so far for me. Okay, still a one read guy. I, I, I kind of agree with that. But you know why he's a one-read guy? He's a one-read guy because they roll him a lot. He, they roll him a lot so he has half the field to manage. That's why it looks one-read. One, two. How much can you really have with half the field? He doesn't have the entire field to make those reads yet. All right, listen. We're going to talk to Ross Tucker. I know he does a lot of preseason stuff with the, with the Eagles. He's on the road and he's found time for us. So we're going to get to him. Keep posting your thoughts. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, 
injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hit. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back, National Football Show. Appreciate you stepping in with us. Ross Tucker from the Ross Tucker Podcast will join us here in a couple minutes. James says, we've been had, Tommy boys. Again, just without a doubt, man. You know, <laughs> I believe, but we've been had, Tommy. He's talking about Brady, of course. Brady is such a sensational football player. You know, and I've said this to you about special players in the league. Here are the five most special players ever playing in the National Football League. Jerry Rice, Jim Brown, Tom Brady, Reggie White, and Lawrence Taylor. Those five guys, you know what makes them special? What makes those guys special is that you can't really explain it. You couldn't explain Reggie White's hip toss. You couldn't explain how a guy who was timed in a 40-yard dash at the Combines, Jerry Rice running a 4-7, and Jerry Rice never looked like he was ever caught. You can't explain the greatness of Brady into his 40s, mid-40s now. You can't explain Jim Brown. Jim Brown was bigger than everybody he played against. There were other spectacular football players that played in the NFL, but those five guys... You just can't really explain those dudes. So when you see Brady step on the link field on Thursday night, know this, guys. You're looking at the greatest signal caller to ever play in the National Football League. Is he the most athletically gifted guy ever to play the position? Watch this. I think Donovan McNabb had probably more athleticism than Brady ever did at quarterback. Michael Vick, for sure. But what separated... Brady from those other guys. Brady had less talent, less athleticism, 
and yet he became the greatest winner and the greatest player at that position. What was the fundamental difference? And by the way, it's the hardest position to evaluate when it comes to players coming out of college. More people miss on quarterbacks coming out of college than any other position in the NFL. You know, guys, you thought that would be great because they came out of college with spectacular careers. And they just flamed once they got to the NFL. Everybody thought RG3 got out of the gate great. But what happened? When RG3 ended up getting injured, RG3 was, quite frankly, never the same guy because one of the assets of his game got taken away once he got that knee injury. Brady had a knee injury. First half of his career, right, never affected him. He came back even stronger. What separated Brady from all those other gifted guys? Like I said, man, Donovan McNabb and Randall Cunningham had more athleticism. Carson says Brady's work ethic separates him from all the rest. He's the last of a dying breed. That's a great take. Robert says he works harder in his 40s than he did when he was in his 20s. Another bingo. You guys are so good, and get this, your eyes, the people that talk to me on a daily basis here on the National Football Show are fucking great. You guys see it. You see it. You you don't let your eyes tell you something different. Jeremiah, Brady has, has and will always be a student of the game. All of these takes are right. Aaron Rodgers, more gifted than Brady, correct? Throws the ball better. But who do you want in a 60-minute ball game where you had to win one game? By the way, I'll even ask you that question now. With Josh Allen, with Kyler Murray, with Lamar Jackson, pick a guy. Pick a guy. Healthy Russell Wilson. If you had to win a football game, and you had 60 minutes to do it, who's the one guy you would pick out of the league at quarterback right now? I'll take Brady, 44 years of age. Well, I'll take Patrick Mahomes. You go right ahead. Brady just beat him. Brady just, hey, and know this. Last year to get to the Super Bowl championship number seven, Brady went through Breeze, Rodgers, and Mahomes. To get number seven. You think that was an easy climb to the Mount Everest? Breeze, Rogers, and Mahomes. We're not talking about beating Nick Foles here or Eli Manning or Trent Dilfer. We're talking about beating three elite dudes that most likely will be Hall of Famers when their resumes are complete, right? Brady beat them all. He beat him at 43. Now he's off to one of the best starts in his entire career, which makes it freaking incredible what he's doing. And he's probably got the best offensive group setting around him that he's ever had in his career. It's remarkable. All right. I, I, I am so appreciative of our friend Ross Tucker finding time for us. He's going to a speaking engagement. And we thank him so much for doing this for us here. And Ross from the Ross Tucker Podcast joins us now. Ross, I got to start out here, man. Your take on this John Gruden thing. 
you believe he was ambushed by the National Football League? Or give me your take on how you see this thing and how this thing has played out over the last 48 hours. Uh, well, pretty clear to Leo that it's um, selective releasing by the NFL at this point, right? I mean, it's hard to believe that they have six emails and nothing comes out about the Washington football team. And the only thing that happens from it is the Raiders coach gets fired. I mean, it's kind of all these emails. And the only person that gets in trouble really is the Okay, we're going to try to see if we can get reconnected here. Um, Krause Jr., let's see if we can get reconnected here with our friend here and get a little better uh, spin on him. And I agree with him right out of the gate there. One of the things that he said was, make no mistake about it here, man. I mean, the only guy that's been really castrated so far has been John Gruden. Nothing out of the room with, you know, Daniel Snyder, Bruce Allen, anybody in the league office, anyone else at ESPN. Nothing has been brought up in the whole thing. So make no mistake about it here. I completely agree. So until we get Ross back here with us here, Brady's scary, Charles says. Brady's incredible. I've never seen anything like it. He's a modern-day Bill Russell. Robert, he totally is. He's a modern-day Bill Russell. Not only for a game, but even for one drive with two minutes left in a game, Tom Brady would be my number one choice. James says, uh, Ross Tucker is the only guy who can make NFL preseason games entertaining. I love Ross, man. That's why we're trying to get him on. He's going to a speaking engagement. Hopefully we can bring him back here. If not, we'll just continue with what we're doing here. Carson says owners have qualified immunity. They really do, man. It's kind of crazy here. I wonder who was driving the bus that ran over John Gruden. Well, you know who it was. It was the commissioner of the National Football League. By the way, nobody's tolerating that kind of behavior and that kind of language. Nobody is saying that we condone that here on this program. Nobody. We, we don't. But, again, and you're right, A. Ross, you're dead right, man. I mean, there's been only one casualty in this, and I had a conversation with Mark Davis today, Ross, and he said he feels completely ambushed. So, I mean, where do you think this thing goes? Well, so, and uh, sorry about that, silly. I told you I'm driving out to near gotcha. Pittsburgh, and I had, I had, I had full bars until about two minutes in there, buddy. But now I got full bars again for you. Um, but what I don't understand, I, I hope the NFL really thought this through, because if you remember, Silio, you know, over the summer, or whatever, Daniel Snyder stepped down, his wife's the CEO, whatever they did to try to appease everybody and say, oh, okay, we're doing something, we're disciplining Washington, whatever. It kind of got put to bed, right? I mean, it, we we kind of forgot about it and moved on. But now, with somebody deciding, you know what, I don't like these Gruden emails, I don't like Gruden, I want him out, they've kind of opened up Pandora's box again. And obviously, what Gruden wrote in those emails is deplorable. And if nothing else, he should probably be fired just for stupidity 
to think those things in the first place and then to actually put them in an email. But the NFL has really opened themselves up now because they decided to open this thing up again. They decided to say, you know what, we're going to go ahead and we're going we're gonna to get Gruden out of there because we can. So now everybody's digging to see what else they can find in these emails, trying to get them released. I mean, they found this thing on Schefter, which isn't a big deal to me, but people are, people are now all over this thing trying to get to the rest of the information. Absolutely. I mean, I agree with you on the Schefter thing. But, Ross, here's, here, here's the problem that I would have if I was the NFL. I mean, if you're using Bruce Allen and you're using John Gruden to send information from team owners' meetings and those owners' meetings that are, like, supposedly behind, cl- you know, you know a, a cloud of smoke and classified info because some of the stuff they were talking about was relocation. There was a lockout conversation. There was other things about Kaepernick, too. So if you're behind the scene and behind the door and you're rifling it over to Adam Schefter, it would be more of a problem for me if it was the NFL if there were leaks coming out of those owners' meetings. That's kind of my only issue, no? Well, here's the thing, right? What else is in those emails? Right. You know? I, I mean, it's funny, Silio, because I played for Washington. I know Bruce Allen. And I think I've emailed him once or twice just to say, hey, great seeing you. Or, like, he did a great job with the alumni uh, of Washington, a terrific job. And I'm very appreciative for what Bruce Allen did there. So I emailed him a couple times to say, thanks for the invite. I can't come. I'm broadcasting. Like, I didn't say anything bad, but I almost wanted to check my sent mail to see what I said to him because I didn't remember exactly what I said to him. Absolutely. Hey, hey Ross, I, I, I've been friends with him for 40 years. I went back last, last night going, holy cow, man, I hope I haven't said anything. With all these emails over the years, they sent him. All right, let me get you to Philly here. After five games so far, give me your assessment on do you think Jalen Hurts is getting better as a quarterback, and do you believe the Eagles are still in that process of determining whether or not at the end of the year that they have to go shopping for a quarterback or not? Yeah, you know what? Um, a couple of things, Silio. First of all, I'll be on the call tomorrow night, man. I heard you talking about Brady. I'm on the call for Westwood One tomorrow night. Uh, Bucks and Eagles. So really looking forward to that. Um, should be an awesome game. I can't believe my former teammate Brady is still playing. As for the Eagles, you know, Jalen Hurts, I would say overall it's been positive so far. I think most people only watched him in the Cowboys game where he was terrible. But out of the five games, Cilio, that's really the only egg he's laid. He's been really good other than that one game. You know the way it is, man. Most people watch the red zone or they watch their team or else they're watching the primetime game. So most people don't realize Hertz has actually played pretty darn well. And, you know, he's had four offensive lines in five weeks. Lane Johnson's still out. Brandon Brooks still out. Say Amalo's done for the year, and they've got very young, skilled people around him. All the receivers are first or second year guys. I would say he's acquitted himself well so far, but really, he still has 12 more games. It's going to be a big enough sample size where they will feel comfortable whether or not they move along with Jalen or they move on to somebody else because they might end up having, man, three top 10 picks. 
if the Colts and Dolphins keep losing, but Carson Wentz keeps playing, the Eagles could end up having three top ten picks. Absolutely there. And, Ross, I want to go over here with the uh, coaching staff, too, at Nick Sirianni. I get Gary Cobb from Fox 29, former Eagle, longtime NFL guy. You know him as well. And he comes on the program. We were talking about the construction of a coaching staff. And as you know, that's one of the most important things that you can have. And I always said to people, one of the smartest things that Sean McVay did when he took that Rams job was put a guy in there like Wade Phillips, somebody that understood the league, somebody that understood how to game plan the league, especially defensively, when, you're, when your side of the ball is really your expertise is on the offense. I look at Gannon and I look at that entire coaching staff. I'm not throwing shade on them, Ross, but when you don't have guys in their 40s and 50s and experienced D coordinators or any kind of coordinators in there, it just seems like you said, you've got skilled guys that are young, a quarterback who's learning, injuries in the offensive line. That's a lot of stuff to overcome for a young quarterback, in my opinion. Do you agree? Yeah, you know what's interesting about Gannon? He is extremely impressive. You know, I do the preseason games for the Eagles on TV, and I met with him. That guy, you heard it here first, Silio, he's going to be a head coach. Like, wow. I can see why Sirianni was impressed by him and hired him. He's trying some different things. He's got philosophies. You know, they're doing basically a 5-2, man. I mean, they've got five guys in the line of scrimmage, most plays, two linebackers. They're almost always doing split safeties. You want a crazy stat? The Eagles' defense has either given up less than 20 or more than 40 in every game this year. So they've got three games where they gave up less than 20 and two games where they gave up more than 40. You know the way it is in the NFL. Most teams, you know, most scores are in the 20s or 30s, not the Eagles. It has been uh, either the defense played very well or the defense played very poorly. Now, the poorly was against Dak Prescott and Patrick Mahomes. Really curious to see how it goes against Brady tomorrow night. couple last questions for you. I know you're on the road here. Lamar Jackson is a freak show, and I say that with the utmost respect. 500 total yards. It just looks to me, Ross, that the the Ravens got a guy who just works his ass off, and every time I watch him play, it just looks like he's getting better and better and better and better. I mean, how do you, I mean, you've got to be impressed with the elevation of his game and what he's done as a quarterback in the NFL since he came out of Louisville. Yeah, so two things, okay? First of all, Silio. How are you guys at the U letting guys like Teddy Bridgewater and Lamar Jackson from Miami go to Louisville? I mean, it's not like they're going to the SEC. It's not like they're going to Florida or Florida State. How how do you not keep Teddy Bridgewater and Lamar Jackson at the U? How does that happen? I, I, I post that, Ross, all the time going, this is right here why Nick Saban, Clemson, and also Ohio State because they've got a pipeline into St. Thomas Aquinas to get the Boza kids to go to Columbus instead of down to the U. That's the reason why the Miami Hurricanes are asking questions right now on why they can't win because the kids, they go in there, they get and they evaluate players like the Bozas and Lamar Jacksons and Bridgewater. And these guys, look at the entire starting backfield for the Alabama Crimson Tide National Championship team. We're all South Florida kids. 
Until you put that picket fence around South Unbelievable. Florida. Unbelievable. As for Lamar Jackson, um, you know, I've said the last couple of years, I don't know if he throws the ball consistently well enough for me to picture them winning three playoff games to get to the Super Bowl against, you know, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. I might have to amend that, bro. I mean, what he did the other night, what he's done so far this year, he's doing it. And I'm surprised because he got COVID again during training camp. All the receivers were hurt. I wasn't expecting him to really have an opportunity to improve this much. But he has, and he's going to have to because that's what he's going to have to do. Because they're going to have games like they had Monday night where they just don't run it that well. And they get a bunch of third and fives, third and sevens. You're going to have to convert. Finally here, Ross, I I don't believe that Baker Mayfield is the future of the Cleveland Browns, and here's why. If Kevin Stefanski can't trust him late in ball games, and you're running the ball third and ten with two minutes left in the game, and you got to get a touchdown to beat that kid who's on the other side, who's a freak show himself and Justin Herbert, and it just showed me and told me a lot of how they see him. They don't want him and they know he can't throw them out of trouble. If you don't have one of those guys that can throw you out of trouble if you get down 14, then to me, you need to upgrade that position. I think Baker Mayfield's a fine player, but is he ever going to beat Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, any of Kyler Murray, any of these guys? He's never going to beat his contemporaries. So to me, you're either going to look at it, give him an extension, or you got to go shopping. What do you think they do in the offseason? Well, you know, what I would say to your point is when they got the ball down five with 91 seconds left, I didn't think he was going to get it done. And I like Baker. I think he's a good quarterback. I like the way he's kind of adjusted, the way he carries himself. But if that's Mahomes or Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson or Herbert, all of whom are young guns in the AFC, I'm thinking – this dude's about to go down there and get a touchdown. I didn't feel that way about Baker. And, you know, you can't help how you feel. You can't help what your gut tells you. And that's what my gut told me. My gut told me Baker's not going to get it done. And he didn't get it done. And I think that's a problem. Because just like I said about Lamar, they're going to have to win two or three playoff games against these other stud quarterbacks. And let's be honest, Baker's going to be the worst quarterback the lesser quarterback in every one of those games. These guys, the other guys are all MVP candidates. Baker's not. Absolutely. Hey, Ross, have a great call. Drive safe, my friend. I always appreciate it. Folks, don't forget to go to the Ross Tucker podcast. It's one of the elite ones that's out there. Ross, thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. God bless, brother. Sounds great, Silio. See ya. You got it. That's my friend, Ross Tucker. We'll take a time out. Get back to your thoughts. You keep it right here on the National Football Show.
comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Thank you guys for jumping aboard here on the football show, Dan Celio. I got the impression that Ross Tucker, who's for this, Jalen to have the entire year. I know Gardner Minshew sightings. You know, barring injuries, he should get the whole year. I'm pretty good with that, right? Out. Let's let, let let's leave the string out here with him. I mean, you got the Buccaneers. This is going to be, as Gary Cobb and I talked the other day, this is going to be a great barometer on where the Eagles are as an organization, talent-wise. You're going to match your roster up versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Jason Light's roster, the general manager of the Bucs. And you're going to find out where you are. You matched up against the Dallas Cowboys and got ran off the field. You matched up against the 49ers. Pretty good. I'm all right. Here, think about it. And and like to Ross's point, the only game that you really got ran off the field was the Cowboy game. A little troubling, though, because it's a division opponent. But if you think about it, right, you were better than the Atlanta Falcons roster. You were right in a conversation with the 49ers roster. And Jimmy Garoppolo was the Cowboy game was not very good. Okay. Now, Christian McCaffrey wasn't on the Carolina Panthers. However, okay. You know, I mean, that's not your fault. But, you know, if you put McCaffrey on the on the team, it's probably a closer game. Coin flip. 
Kansas City ran you out of the building. Two teams, Kansas City and Dallas, right now are playoff teams. Kansas City, okay, they they ran they ran them off the field in their own barn. And you got to remember something: Buffalo destroyed Kansas City. Kansas City, I look at Kansas City right now, and I say this to you: in the AFC West, let's do this, okay? Wick, appreciate you coming aboard. William Ford, thank you. He says, I don't think we're a superstar talented team right now. Here, look. Well, your quarterback is not a star. It's not a superstar. Your wide receivers could be, one of them at least. Your tight end sets are pretty good. Your offensive line has a chance. But there's really no stars that you go like this. Is there a top five guy on the on, – how about this? Is there a guy on the Eagles right now? Jordan Mulata? Maybe the center? Lane Johnson's situation is also hurting the team. Okay? I mean, I don't, I don't know what's going on there, and I'm not going to throw any suggestions because I don't know. I mean, I'm not – I'm Switzerland on it. If he's got personal issues, he's got personal issues. What am I to say? Mandel says, notice Sam Donald does everything you don't like about Hurts. Hurts does what Donald Carolina commentators would – trade in a heartbeat. Hertz is as good as available. Really? You think that Sam Darnold with his team at 3 and 2 right now. And you think that Jalen is playing better? Is Jalen playing better than Sam Darnold? I think it's a good take, Mandel. I think it's a good take. Is Jalen playing better? Yeah, maybe a tip. Maybe. Okay. Javon Hardgrave. Very good, Benny. Very good. That kid's an all-pro. My bad. I take that back. Benny? Boom. Okay. You get the cookie, dude. Okay. Hardgrave, man. If that guy gets 10 – hey, if that guy gets 10 sacks – from a DT position, wow. Wow. Hardgrave on DT is making all pro. No, 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 no. Yeah, he's making all pro smile. Pro Bowl is one thing. All pro, you're the – hey, Benny, excuse me for forgetting because Hardgrave, I mean, I'm trying to think defensive tackles in the game. Aaron Donald separates them, right? But, man, he's quick off the ball. He's the perfect size. He's 6'2", one and a half. He's got a great motor. I mean, he's got a push. He can spin. He's got a great swim technique. He can play the wrong. Kid's pretty talented. Six sacks. Man, he gets the 10. You're talking about it. Hey, remember this. Adamic could spin sacks that one year in Detroit. He signed a $20 million contract. He got a $20 contract. He had that 10-sack season in Detroit. You get 10 sacks or more from the DT position, that's what made Sapp so freaky great. Sapp had 10 and a half one year at the defensive tackle position, and he did it twice. And see, like I said, Sapp played the run. Aaron Donald really doesn't. And we see that sometimes in games when the Rams get smoked in their front seven because if you've got a commitment to running the ball, you could beat the Rams. 
I mean, you 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 can you can beat them, and you can beat them down pretty easily too. Ewing, I would like to see both sides of play uh, better in the game, so then we can evaluate better. Yeah, have have it all match up like this Buck game. Charles says y'all about two drafts, and I think we could be good. Depends on who you take. Ewing, you keep taking those Rieger guys, okay? You keep Rieger wide out. You keep building those busts. He, he's a bust. He sucks. Darius Slay top 10. Andre says, yeah, yeah, he's top 10 talent. I don't know if PFF would rank him in that, but do I think he's a top 10 type talent? Yeah, I would say so. I, I would I, I I would say that. Mandel says running game is major. Christian McCaffrey is without a doubt. There's no question that Christian McCaffrey, a back like that behind Jalen Hurts, would be something that the Eagles, in my opinion, would maybe want to address in the offseason. Get somebody like that. You know what I mean? Get somebody in that conversation. That's a great spin, actually. What do the Eagles need to improve Jalen Hurts' play? Hey, you think they need an ex- – here, let's do this. You think they need an experienced wide – a lot of young guys out there on the, on the Y and Z. A lot of young guys. Notice this. When Brady went to Tampa, they're all veteran wideouts. All veteran wideouts. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna do we're gonna do both sides of the ball here, though. You do you need a veteran wideout? I don't know. I'd like to have some boy. I'll tell you what, man. I, I would have loved to have had Julio Jones in uh in, in Philadelphia. I would have loved Julio Jones. Julio Jones on the Eagles and walked in there, could have talked to Devontae Smith. Um, could have helped the young wide receiving core out. I know it's a big price tag, but boy, I'll tell you what, to have had Julio or somebody of that ilk. Hey, look at what AJ Green has done to uh, the Cardinals. He He's rolled into Arizona, and he's made a gigantic impact just in being the guy. You know what I'm saying? So I'd like to have seen Eagles have a little bit more experience out there or somebody – that had that type of experience. Bruce says, I think Luria and Howie are going to trade for a quarterback. I just don't see them sticking with Hurts if he could get someone like Russell Wilson. Bruce, I agree. And Bruce, I don't have a problem with that. And nor should anyone else. If you put Russell Wilson in front of me, Bruce, or you put Deshaun Watson in front of me and sitting around developing Jalen Hurts for the next five years, sorry, I'm not going to do that. I would give all my first-round draft choices up for Deshaun Watson. I don't have a problem saying that. Guy's 25 years old. He's he, he's a generational-type player. He's like Justin Herbert, man. Hey, and for the record, I don't get this. 25 sexual assault cases are still out there pending. He's active. He's making $30 million and the Texans don't play him. I don't know what the hell to say about that. What is that? That would be like having that would be like having Justin Herbert on your team, 
paying him but not playing him. What's what what's the point? Either he's to be suspended or he's to be on the field and ready to go. I would have played his ass. I would have played his ass. VD likes uh, Mike Williams. Hey, Mike Williams came out of Clemson, and he had I had a lot of question marks about him because he came out of Clemson, banged up a little bit, had to have some surgery. He's a big receiver. I think you're talking about the Charger kid. Andre says Devontae Adams from the Packers is looking for a new team. Boy, Devontae Adams. Yeah, but do you have the right signal caller? But do you have the right guy to get him the ball? Remember something. Devontae's not going to go to a place that has a quarterback that's limited. He knows the writing on the wall now. All right. We're going to continue this conversation. I want to get into Brady a little bit more. I also want to talk a little bit about Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. Also, I'm going to rank the rookie quarterback so far. Talk a little bit about Tua, Joe Burrow, a little bit about more on Mark Davis, too, because he feels ambushed. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back to the National Football Show. Dan Cilio, Hour 2 here. 
So David said that he would rather have Jalen Hurts over Trevor Lawrence. Come on, dude. VD Pate's right about the kid Rattler from Oklahoma. He got benched. And the other quarterback looks better. I wouldn't even think about this kid Rattler. By the way, if I'm Rattler, best thing for you to do right now is go to the transfer portal. You lost $50 million in that Texas game. You lost $50 million. Nobody looks at you as the same now. Nobody. No, no, nobody. I mean, I had I had question marks about the kid going into the UT game. And when he got benched and they put that other kid in, the other kid was a spark to that whole team, man, and that comeback. Rattler sitting on the sidelines, every single minute that went by, he knows he was losing a million bucks. Big Bird said this, OU has a bad line. Yeah, but the other kid hid that bad line because he was more versatile in being able to run around. Okay, I mean, hey, now, Big Bird's talking about the kid Ryder from UC, University of Cincinnati. That kid looks pretty good, man. He went into Notre Dame, and I thought he handled himself really well. I I, I like him. I think his stock has shot up a lot as a first-round potential guy I how about this I like him more than I did Zach Wilson last year I saw Zach Wilson against Utah and Coastal Carolina and I was like this he couldn't beat those teams what makes you think you're going to beat the Bills or the Patriots I mean you couldn't beat like the some of the and they're not even really elite programs they're really good programs Coastal and Utah but they're, they're not Bama OSU or Clemson and he couldn't even beat those teams. Now, some would go like this to you. Yeah, but Sills, I mean, what did Josh Allen do at Wyoming? I, I get it. Lack of talent around him. Maybe the coaching isn't all that great. You know what I'm saying? So I get it, okay? Benny says, I think Jalen Hurts is improving. He is. The entire team fights until the last snap, win or lose. Yeah, but Benny, you know what you're talking to me about? You're talking to me about the old college try. This is the NFL. No disrespect to that. You you talk like that to high school and college kids. You don't talk to people that are given the keys to an NFL roster. I'm not saying that that's not a bad take. But what I'm saying to you is, well, he really fights hard. You know, he's a really great leader. Well, shit, I don't care about that. That's a given. That's supposed to be an intangible. That's supposed to be an intangible that's already a given. You want me to give kudos, and I'm not saying you do, but you want me to give kudos to a guy that that's something that should be already part of your game. Okay, you know you know what I mean? That's got to be part of the arsenal without me going. Watch this. How many times do you hear people say this to you? This guy's really a great talent. Well, shit, no, you're in the NFL, kid. What do you think this is? CFL? Arena football? This is the NFL. You're supposed to be a great athlete. You're supposed to be one of the one percenters. Anybody that makes it to the NFL, I mean, hey, he's fast. Well, really? <laughs> hey, he really got a, he's got a great arm. Okay, thanks. What the hell, man? You know, thanking me for not robbing a bank is not going to get you an evaluation for a quarterback whether or not you need him as your guy. You get me? Again, it's all good talk because I find myself doing that. 
I find myself going, man, I really like the kid. Krause Jr. and I do this all the time. Man, I just really like him. But you know what our both our conclusions are? I just don't know if he's good enough. You know, and some of you are saying this. <clears throat> is this really the topic for the Eagles? It's the only topic. Everything is dictated off of what he does. Your defense. Look at this. Dak Prescott's impact on the Cowboys has been what? What do you think the impact has been from Dak being back on the field since he injured himself last October in 2020? What's been the difference? Ewing says if the scheme was a conventional NFL scheme and Hurts struggled, I would want him out. But the way his stats look with what he's being asked to do, I feel pretty good about him. Pretty good? Pretty good will get you seven and nine. Here, follow me here. What's made Dak and the Cowboys better this year, a couple things. The Cowboys have a new D coordinator. You know what he did? He simplified the defense. They're not running these exotic coverages and fronts and all the other stuff that Mike Nolan did a year ago. Wick, I didn't think he was a legitimate top 10 until I've seen these first five games. Dak's a top five quarterback, top seven quarterback, because everything that he is doing, that team has taken on Dak Prescott's ability and everything he does. By the way, Dak runs because Dak is trying to get positive yards. That's the last thing Dak wants to do. That's the third thing Jalen wants to do. That number's got to get down into where five, and it's the last option to take off, like Big Ben. I mean, Lamar Jackson, stop looking at him. He's an outlier like Brady's an outlier. You know what makes Lamar even more special? He's a one-of-a-kind. He's a one-of-a-kind player, like Brady. He's a one-of-a-kind. You're never in a million years ever going to find another player like Lamar Jackson. You think you're going to find a guy who moves like he's Barry Sanders and throws the ball like, I mean, this guy throws darts. And he's improving in the passing game. This guy threw for 445 yards in the air, 504 yards in total offense. That's a freak show. You can't defend that. You, you, you just can't defend that type of athleticism. The only thing you can hope to do is contain it. I know I sound like Dan Patrick. So don't compare any – if you're ever going to compare Jalen to him, that, that's going to be a dumb comparison because Jalen will never be that. Jalen's going to be more of a Russell Wilson kind of guy, more of a cheap man's version in that way. He's not even going to beat Kyler Murray, man. He's not – Kyler Murray is another elusive back. Jalen's not elusive. He's not an elusive type guy when he runs in open space. He's not elusive. He runs tough. By the way, I'm going to make a point to you guys. This might make you feel better. But there's no doubt that Jalen Hurts is a better professional quarterback than Tua Tuggle-Viola. Okay? I, I'm, I'm, I'm off of Tua. Then again, I was never on him. And I, I, I after he got hurt, it just looked different. 
<laughs> Charles says dollar store Russell Wilson. I don't know about dollar store, but it's got to be in that yeah 2.0 kind of Russell Wilson guy. Don't complicate the offense for Jalen. Go to his strengths. That's so what John Harbaugh does in Baltimore, isn't it? They they construct a game plan around his skill set. And I'm going to tell you something. John Harbaugh is the most underrated coach in the NFL. He went from drop back, no feet, very little athleticism, Joe Flacco, and then within a, like with, with, within hours, Martindale and him constructed this new offense for Lamar Jackson, and them two are starting to evolve around what Lamar does. It's all working hand in hand. By the way, how shocked were you that and Krause Jr., you may want to throw this out there. Ross Tucker thinks that Gannon's going to be a head coach in the National Football League. You know, we've been sitting around here bagging on him. And Tucker was – Ross was around the Eagles the entire offseason. By the way, he's on the call for Westwood One tomorrow night, radio. And he thinks this kid Gannon – Jonathan Gannon is going to be an NFL head coach. He goes, you sit around and you talk with him, he's impressive. And he can see why Nick Sirianni was impressed with him with the way that he puts up schemes and the way that he has these exotic blitzes. Well, I don't see the blitzes that much yet. And, you know, you could talk the game. The defense has not been all that bad. I mean, look at how many times they gave up under 20 points this year so far. It's been kind of impressive, right? But I was a little shocked when he said that Gannon can be a NFL head football coach. I take Ross's word, and believe me, I believe it, because Ross is a guy that I respect. Any guy that we get on the program here are people I usually take at face value. And Ross Tucker's um, evaluation is somebody that I take at face value. And he thinks that Jonathan Gannon could be an NFL head football coach. I got to start looking at his schemes a little differently. What I just didn't like about him was going out and telling people they can't play dime coverage because they don't have the personnel. It's kind of a way of throwing people under the bus a little bit. I had a problem with that. So, but he he was more in the conversation of, you know, talking more about Jalen needs the rest of the year to be evaluated. So I'm going to go with that. Let's do this here. By the way, I want to get into Brady here in a minute. I also want to talk a little bit more about Dak, and I'm going to talk about the rookie quarterbacks here in a second. What's the number one priority for Howie Roseman and the personnel department in the offseason? Let's take the quarterback out of the conversation because we've talked at length about it here today. Let's take the QB out of the conversation. What's the number one need, non-quarterback related? Wick says LB. Getting rid of Howie. <laughs> His drafts haven't been that hot. Okay. His cornerback. Carson says cornerback. O-line, D-line. 
like a rush end. Benny says O-line. Blitzing safety. You guys are so smart. These are all really good. These are all really good. In that order, Kevin, LB, cornerback, defense in general. Draft the entire O-line from Bama. Signed Xander. Thank you. You mean that same D-line that got worked over by AM? I don't. <laughs> Charles says LB. All right. You got you guys are in the room. Now let's do this. I'm going to show you how Jimmy Johnson, our linebackers are trash. I'm going to show you guys how Jimmy Johnson told me how to draft. And it all has to be first and foremost. You guys did what exactly you said. David says secondary struggled since the Super Bowl. Fair. Kevin says LB, priority. All right. All right. Let's look at the division. You guys have identified the weaknesses on the team. Smart. This is process one. Now the opponents you have to play in your division. You're, you're going against Dak. The other quarterbacks in the division, unless they get a Watson, it will change the division. But right now, it's a mediocre quarterback division. Do we not agree? So is cornerback a priority to win the division? You're going to play, play the Cowboys twice. You're going to play the Cowboys twice. So, the kid Micah Parsons, man. That kid looks like somebody. That's the kind of player that I would be identifying. I would try to find one of those hybrid guys. I would try to find a guy that can get after Dak and be a guy that can change the game for me. Because when you get a pass rusher like a Miles Garrett, I'll tell you what, how'd you like the guys that have to have Miles Garrett on your defense? If you put Miles Garrett on the Eagle defense, the Eagles may only have one loss on their football team. Miles Garrett would make a massive difference on your football team. See, I'm so happy that the Eagles didn't get Jadavian Clowney. Do you know Jadavian Clowney has to be one of the most overrated guys in the history of the NFL? That guy wanted the Eagles, and I tweeted this out. A lot of you guys got on my ass because how he was looking at him last year. But Jadavian Clowney, in his entire NFL career, has never had a double-digit sack year. I'm not paying a guy $20 million if he's never had a double-digit sack year. The kid Chandler Jones, now, that could be somebody to take a look at because Chandler Jones is not all that too happy there with Steve Kime and the Cardinals. Could he become something that could be movable in the offseason? Maybe. I'd like to have Chandler Jones on my defensive front. You have him, Hardgrave, and Fletcher. Dude, you're going to get after units, and you're going to go after people. And I'll tell you what, okay, your defense improves. That means a lot of three and outs. That means if Jalen has three and outs, it's going to help your football team as an, as an overall. Okay, so I, I would say this to you here, okay, as we've identified this, look at your division first. You draft to your division. Then you draft to your conference. Are all the good quarterbacks, let's take a look at that, are all the good quarterbacks in the NFC or AFC? Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, 
These guys are older. Who's an NFC quarterback that's young? I guess Stafford. Who else? I'm not counting Justin Fields yet. Okay, I'm I'm not I'm not Daniel Jones. Look at look at the NFC. Okay, Sam Darnold. I can't think of any. Um, think of him. Kirk Cousins. I mean, give me another guy. Anybody. Kyler Murray. Okay. Russell Wilson. The point is, is that there's not a lot of great quarterbacks in the NFC. Quarterback? I might want to go linebacker as my priority. Then I want to get a running back. They need a running back, a versatile running back. I'm talking the Eagles. They need a versatile dude. They need a guy who, okay, they need a guy who, when you're down in the red zone, you don't have to come up with gimmick plays and Philly specials and all that other shit. You got to get a guy that, when you need some tough yardage, that can get you the tough yardage. Somebody that can run in the 20s and somebody that can run in the red zone. I just wish I could have LeGarrette Blunt from goal line to goal line. That'd be great. He was a beast when it came to red zone offense. That's why he worked so well in New England. He could smell the goal line. And that one year he had in Tampa where he was a 1,000-yard rusher, I think he did it in like seven games. Somebody like Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry's not too happy going on right now. In um in Tennessee. Guy keeps going out, 28 carries, 157 yards. They get beat 21-20. You know what I mean? Because your quarterback can't throw you out of trouble. Ryan Tannehill's not going to win you an AFC championship. He's just not. Okay? He's just not going to do it. What like wait, what watch this? Tennessee is in the same place almost a quarterback that the Eagles are in. You've got a guy that can win you games. But do you have a guy that can win you the games? Games that matter. Super Bowls. Okay, you know what I mean? Big time Super Bowls. So they need running back, pass rusher, O-line guys. We'll see at wide out. Maybe an experienced wide out in free agency. They become, you know, they're, they're, there's always going to be wide outs that are going to be on the open market. Always going to have those guys. You're never going to see offensive linemen on the open market. You ever notice that? You don't see very many. That Trent Williams deal that Washington went through was a colossal disaster. Has to be one of the biggest disasters. You sent Trent Williams to San Francisco for peanuts. Dude, Trent Williams is still good. He's still good. So, I mean, a colossal disaster. Orlando Brown being dealt to Kansas City was a gigantic move because those guys don't become available that much. They don't, okay? All right. I want to look at some of the rookie quarterbacks, and I ranked them. I'm going to throw Jalen in that conversation as well. I want to talk a little bit about Joe Burrow and some of the candidates that have popped up for this Raider job. Mark Davis feels like he got ambushed a little bit. Brady versus Jalen on Thursday Night Football. Keep posting. Hey, by the way, do me a favor, guys. Please hit the like button. If you miss Ross Tucker, I, pro I apologize a little bit of its sketchiness because uh, he was driving to an event in Pittsburgh, and um, he said he'd find time for us, and he did. We so thank him for doing that. 
We're going to hit on all these topics. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back, National Football Show, your boy Dave Mark Davis was pissed today when I spoke to him. Pissed. He feels completely ambushed. Ambushed by the league. What's the point? Why was it so important to fire John Gruden? Something is bigger behind the scenes in this story. And I'm going to try to get to the bottom of it. What's, why was it so important for the league, who has been sitting on these emails for four years, and there's other countless conversations, I'm sure, in all those 650,000 emails, Why is it so important to get Gruden out of the NFL? Was it the contract he signed? The 10-year, $100 million deal? 
NFL owners didn't like the deal. They didn't want to have another contract like that because I don't believe this. Get this. You'll never see another contract like that again by any NFL head coach. I don't care if it's Nick Saban. They're going to have more parameters when it comes to behavior and other things that they can get out of these contracts. You're never going to see a John Gruden head coaching contract ever again. $100 million? No way. Was it the structure of the contract? Again, I'm throwing that out. I don't know. Something has to be behind this that the league wanted him out. He, he He's the only casualty in this. Okay? Lee came out today. Brian McCarthy came out today and said that we're not going to release any of the emails that came out of the investigation. Only the Gruden emails? Why? You, you, you mean to tell me you think that everybody who's in here today thinks that there's not other guys in the NFL that talk like John Gruden? That would be, you know, that'd be crazy thinking. I think we all think that there's guys out there. I'm with you, Mike. I think there's just more to this here. Why is John Gruden so important to get out of the league? What was John doing? And again, the Raiders said, no, get this. The NFL went to the New York Times. They went to the Times. And they didn't go to the Raiders. Now, as we mentioned yesterday to you, here are the names. So far, Joe Brady, Carolina OC. Doug Peterson, former Eagles head coach. And relationship with Mike Mayock, the current general manager. Raheem Morris, offensive coordinator, or excuse me, defensive coordinator Rams. And Eric Bieniemy in Kansas City. I don't see Bieniemy taking that gig. I just don't see him taking that job. I think he's going to have multiple opportunities to get maybe another job. But, I mean, is Derek Carr the guy that you want to leave right now in a comfort zone that you have Patrick Mahomes? I mean, when you're a head coach today, this is what I would do. If you're offered a job, say like David Culley was offered. Now, David Culley thought he was going to go into Houston and have Sean Watson. So I give him a pass. But if you're Rex Ryan and you take – you take, um, okay, a job with no quarterback and no history of a quarterback, unless it's Joe Namath, then you're, 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 you're knowing that the demise of your career is going to be because your organization has never been able to figure out the quarterback position. That's why it's essential the Eagles figure this out. It's essential they get this right. Or they're going to be looking up at Dak Prescott and the Cowboys for a long time. They're going to be looking up at that position for a long time. Just Mike says Deion Sanders. No NFL head coach is going to ever be a guy who has limited, like Deion, coaching experience to go into the NFL. And guys, I'm going to say it to you, unless he's white, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. These, these Kevin Stefanski's and these Brandon Staley's and these other guys, the, I, I, I never heard of them before. The, Nick Sirianni was a wide receiver coach. And it kind of goes back again to the emails again and to this whole Gruden story here. 
You don't think guys inside that organization, okay? I mean, yeah, you have to know that. And to me, like I said, if I'm one of these really big time, if I'm Doug Peterson, do I want to take the Raider job right now? And do I look at Derek Carr as a guy that can win me ball games? Or is Doug going to sit back and wait for an opportunity with a signal caller? Look, look at Matt LaFleur. Look at what Matt LaFleur has been able to do. Matt LaFleur is 20. What is it? What is his record now? He's 29 and seven in three years, regular season wise, as the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. He's 29 and seven. Okay. Yes, he's, I, and I get this, and I have question marks about him. His decision making, late in games, his management of the timeouts. His clock management going into a half, ending ball games with two minute drills. I don't know, man. I go like this to you. Okay. But if I'm Doug, do I go, is that the guy? Is that the job I want? Okay. Is that is is is, is that where I want to go? You see, a lot of these guys, they jump at these jobs because they're NFL jobs. There's only 32 of them in the world. I think you're going to get more guys that are going to sit back and go. I'm not taking that job because here, here. So look at the Saints gig right now. Sean Payton is in. He's in purgatory now because he can't figure out Jameis Winston now. He just can't figure it out. And he's got, he, uh, do I have a guy? Do I not have a guy? He's so up and down. Now, maybe that's because he's taking some time off here and they got to get him back in the groove of being consistent. Charles says, yeah, but once Rodgers leaves next year. Oh, absolutely. Charles, once Rodgers leaves Air, um, Green Bay, that's a five-win football team. That's a five-win football team. I got I, I to, gotta, you know, this just reminded me of something, too. I want to throw this over to you here. And, okay, th- th- this to me – shows you how sometimes our media, they start picking on people because they have a grudge against them. So have you guys, I don't know, do you guys ever watch that ESPN countdown and NFL? It's horrible. Like Christian Ponder's wife is like, she's terrible too. That whole desk, Teddy Bruschi, all those guys, they fucking suck. I mean, Randy Moss stinks, the whole thing. It's a terrible show. Rex Ryan's on it. It's terrible. Let me see what Robert says. Rob, appreciate you coming aboard. Funny how the NFL is upset about this guy's language, and he has no problem with any kind of um, artists or lyrics that would be featured in the 2022 halftime show. Rob, I got to write that down. That is a tremendous tweet later on coming from Big Sills. The halftime show. And 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 Rob, I'm gonna give you credit. I'm, I'm gonna have to give you uh kudos too. So go over to at Dan Cilio show. You're gonna see that tweet. That ESPN countdown show blows. It's just terrible. It's the worst. It, as soon as the like, right, as soon as the uh Fox or CBS shows come on, I flip out of it immediately because I can't I can't take it. I watch the NFL. And the NFL Network 
is not any much better, but I watch that because at least it's it's watchable. ESPN has so few shows left that's watchable. Stephen A. Smith is unwatchable. The NBA countdown shows are unwatchable. Game day is wonderful. It's best show football-wise. Second, first best show they have, then it's PTI. But here's what Rex Ryan's now doing. He's calling Bill Belichick overrated. Saying that he's he, he's overrated. And because he got his ass kicked, Stephen A. Snitch, I like it. Hey, Mike, absolutely, man. Okay, absolutely. Chris Berman was great at it. Chris Berman was fantastic. It was a great show when Chris was uh, the the uh, lead anchor on that thing. I watched it when Chris was doing it. I did, man. I never got tired of Chris Berman. I thought Chris Berman loved the game, thought he was plugged in. Him and Tom Jackson did a spectacular job. I never had a problem with it. Then he moved all these young faces in thinking that that's what people wanted to see, and they've destroyed the ratings. Then again, nobody watches ESPN. It's just a terrible, terrible show. However, so Rex now has made Bill Belichick a whipping boy. And, like, he's made him, look, this guy here, man, he doesn't understand defenses. He don't, And you're like this. My God almighty guy, you won four games versus Bill Belichick. He owned you. Well, he only had Tom Brady. And without Tom Brady, that's not necessarily the truth. When he had Jimmy Garoppolo and Jacoby Brissett, when Brady was suspended, here, let me put this down. And here, and they are going through transition right now. But remember when Matt Castle was the quarterback after Brady went down? They were 11 and 4. Then when Brady was suspended, prior to the last two years, okay, they were 14 and 5 without Tom Brady. The guy's a dumbass. They were 14 and 5. Without Tom Brady as a starting quarterback in New England. From the time Brady got hurt and when, who was the guy? To, Chad Pennington won the uh, division, the AFC East, when he was with the Dolphins. Other than that, Brady's never missed. But they were 11-4 and four that year. Brady got hurt in the first game against Kansas City. So they were 14-5. and five. Now... Last year was COVID. They were seven and nine. Now, right now, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they're two and three. Okay, so without Tom Brady so far, Bill Belichick is 23 and 17. Nothing comes close to what Rex did in both New York with the Jets or Buffalo. And this guy did it with Cam Newton last year. It was out of gas and a rookie quarterback this year. And he's dogging the guy. Every time I listen to him, I'm like, dude, you lose credibility every time you say Bill Belichick sucks. It it just shows you how there's no, what is it, objectivity when it comes to evaluating a true, this is what I do. I don't throw shade on people like Jalen or Nick or any of this. If I see something, I'm going to go, why would you call that play? Why would you put that scheme up? Why, wh- when you have that personnel grouping, 
Charles says he loves to suck toes. Already makes him a weirdo. Robert says Lamar Jackson, 67.1% completion percentage, 15-19 passing yards, 341 yards rushing, and 10 total TDs. Josh Allen, 62-3, 13-70 passing yards, 186 rushing, 14 total touchdowns. Add also nine players who opted out due to COVID. Belichick was handicapped. Absolutely. Absolutely. He was handicapped. But but this is why Rex is not good on the air even. Because he's lying. Bill Belichick's a bad quarter. He, he's a bad. How, how about this one too? Bill Belichick had four quarterbacks two weeks ago starting in the NFL that he drafted. Right? Jacoby Brissett, Jimmy Garoppolo, Brady, and Mac Jones. Four guys he drafted. Four quarterbacks that he drafted started in the NFL that he handpicked. Come on, man. Not only does Bill – now, Bill's drafts haven't been – that that Harris kid has sucked. Okay? The kid they got out of Arizona State, Nikhil Harris – He's just not very good because he can't separate and get off the line of scrimmage. He's not very good, especially when press coverage is on him. He's good when he doesn't have anybody on him. He can get kind of open, but I don't really think he's that fleet of foot. I don't think he's all that quick off the line. You know, he doesn't look very explosive. And I think it hampers him, especially when you play press coverage on him. Charles says, Rex Ryan just spews manure. He does. It's just, there's no validity to it. Wick says Buffalo and Dallas in the Super Bowl. Again, Buffalo gets justice. If you put that game in front of me, Wick, I actually like that as a topic. I'll throw them at you here. I think Buffalo wins that. How about Buffalo... Versus the Rams. I still take Buffalo. I like this. Buffalo versus the Buccaneers. I'm taking Brady, dude. I'm taking Brady. I'm taking Brady. I, 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 hey, by the way, I don't believe Dallas can get by the cow. I don't believe the Dallas Cowboys can get by. Oh, Carlos, you take it. You take Buffalo over the Bucks. Buffalo, Arizona. Arizona's got a good D. Who on Buffalo's guarding DeAndre Hopkins? Who's, who's guarding Stefan Diggs on the other side, right? Stefan Diggs over there with Buffalo. Who's guarding him on Arizona? That's a great one too, man. Beyond Madden. Dallas hasn't had a clutch playoff. Hey, man, playoff run and what? I think it's more like 27 years. Chargers, Arizona. Got to go Justin Herbert. Bucks would dismantle Buffalo. I don't know about dismantling. Buffalo just dismantled Kansas City. 
They just dismantled them. Buffalo's playing the best football defensively and offensively right now. Yeah. You, you, you know, it's funny. I, I keep telling people I'm in on the Cowboys. I'm in on the Cowboys, but then when we get into the playoffs, are they built for the play? Here, I'll tell you this. I don't know if the Lamar Jackson Ravens are built for the playoffs. Okay? I don't know if they're built for them. Big Bird says Buffalo could get that run going on Tampa. They run downhill. and They do those RPOs with Josh Allen. He is so good, man. He really is. If Dak runs the ball, looks like that, and hey, you're right on. If the kid, you know, they could still run the football the way they're running it with those dual set backs like that, and Dak doesn't have to throw for 500 yards, they're around 250 every uh, game. They're going to be a tough out, the Cowboys. When you see Dak throwing the ball 45, 50 times, that's a problem. When 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 they're around. 33, 34, 250 yards, three touchdowns. Zeke's got 151 on the ground. Wick, that's awesome of you, man. Thank you so much. It really means a lot to me. Please, guys, if you can help a brother out here, man, hit that like button there. We really appreciate it. Maybe share it a little later on, too. So, yeah, you know what? All right, I'm going to hit on these young quarterbacks. I want to hit on a little bit more on Brady. We'll do a little of that. I'm going to give you my ranking so far, these young quarterbacks. Also, I'm going to tell you thumbs up, thumbs down when it comes to what I think whether or not these guys are going to be future franchise guys. We'll do that next. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. <laughs> comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. 
IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back, National Football Show, Dan Cilio. The creation of Tom Brady. I think years from now, what we're going to do is, how was Tom Brady developed? Ken, thank you so much. Really cool, man. Really, 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 really cool. I think we we thank you, all of us here at Jacob and. Um, I can't thank you enough. Can you join me on my national radio show at night as well? Thank you so much. As we tell you guys, you guys uh, make the show. Thank you. Um, we're going to be talking about Colony Pizza Fund. Boom, Wick. My favorite pizza, thin crust, oily. Uh, they get places like that in Philly. I've had people, Portnoy told me that there's some great places in Philly that make some really great thin crust pie. I had a place right down at the bottom of the hill where I lived in Stanford, Connecticut. This New York style man, Colony. And by the way, Portnoy went there and he went there and he had it and he goes, this is the best pizza. He gave it like an eight and a half. He loved it, man. And he'd go onto his website. He talked about it. I ate that pizza all the time. Oh my God. We get boxes of that stuff. Man. God, makes my mouth water. Makes my mouth water. That's just such good pizza. Anyway, we're 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 going to study the evolution of Tom Brady years from now on how you develop a guy. Let's take a look at this for a second here. Brady was hated by even Lloyd Carr at Michigan. How many times did they try to give that job to Drew Henson or some other stiff at Michigan? How many times? He had a propensity of being able to go in games, pull some of those guys out of trouble, and they would win ball games. He finally got the ability to be able to start when he was at Michigan. And he, he won, I believe, an Orange Bowl. And what did that get him? He was the 199th player taken. So nobody believed in him still going into the NFL draft. Everyone saw the pictures at the combines. Unassuming. Belichick finds this guy late. Okay? Finds him late. This guy's a sixth rounder. Only seven rounds in an NFL draft. This guy finds him late. What happens? He goes in. And he's got this incredible drive to want to be great, and he totally believed in himself. He never believed in the draft position of where he went, and he always used that as a lumberyard on his shoulder. 
never a chip. It was a lumber yard. Remember the famous comments that he made to um, Bob Kraft? This will be the greatest move you've ever done in your life, drafting me. Bob Kraft goes like this. Who is this guy? Well, six championships later, his name is in, or soon will be in bronze in Canton. How did he get there? Of course, you have to have the internal engine to do it. You got to have all of those intangibles to want to listen, to want to absorb. I got to tell you guys something. You know, everybody says you have to have these great offensive minded guys to be able to win games in today's NFL. You know what I think happened? Watch this. It's like playing chess. Tell me if you subscribe to this. Here's the evolution. I thought about this the other night. Here is the evolution of Brady. So Brady and Belichick every day would play chess with one another. For 20 years, they would play chess. Not that it mattered, smile. Deflated footballs, they came back and won a Super Bowl. They taped somebody's practice, they came back and won a Super Bowl. Not like it mattered. They're the modern-day Raiders. Al Davis cheated all the time or did those kind of things, turning the lights off in the locker room or the headsets off on one side. That's why that rule's in place because every time you went to Oakland, the headsets for the opposing team always went out some way. That stuff goes on all the time. They play chess, though, every day. The greatest defensive-minded guy in the history of the NFL is Belichick and his schemes. That other night, watch this. The other night when he put that defensive game plan against Tom Brady, that was one of the greatest game plans defensively I have ever seen in my life. And Brady didn't have really a great passing grade. He passed, completed less balls than he threw, didn't have really the numbers he wanted, won the game, didn't throw a TD pass, but he won. Because Belichick put the most difficult final exam in front of him that he could possibly have. And Brady passed. Okay? He won the game. Most important thing. Not taking anything away from Tom. He won it. But I guarantee you that's not what Tom wanted. Tom wanted to go in there, and he wanted to put a 14A on him, right? Right? Partee says, hard to imagine Brady better than Elway or Marino, but don't see it. Don't see Dan and Elway were up against some of the greatest defenses of all time. And the team and the game was different. I have this conversation all the time. Parties with my wife. My wife goes, you don't think if they changed the rules, Montana today would have the same. I believe Joe Montana would have the same resume as Tom Brady. I do. I, I, I think they would be right there together. Remember something also. You know, the one thing Montana can always say, I'm undefeated. You want to hear the greatest thing, Partiz, about Montana? Montana threw 12 touchdown passes, zero interceptions, had 135 quarterback rating in all four of those wins. He was the driving force. There were no field goals. They needed a 90-yard drive. He led you 90 yards. 
he put up 55 points on John El. But I mean, remember something else, too. He beat Marino in Elway. I know he beat Boomer Esiason one time, but Boomer Esiason was the MVP of the league that year. VD Pate, Marino today would be – if Marino was in the game today, Marino would put up 6,500 6, yards. Just chucking it down the field the way he did. But 6,500 yards. Okay? But follow me here on Brady. Him and Belichick for 20 years. What would you do here, Tom? They went over situations every single day. What would you do here, Tom? Well, Bill, I'd do this. What would you do, Bill, here? They enhanced their games. Bill became an even greater defensive coordinating mind. Learned what the quarterback position was. Learned what quarterbacks needed. Because Brady and him were going back and forth. Brady learned about defenses through Bill. Bill taught him to see the game. The same way he saw the game. Every day, repetition. Going over situational things. How many times have you watched a Bill Belichick film where He's constantly on a Friday doing this to his team when they're in helmets and shirts. What do we do here? Third and 10. Two minutes left in the game. Remember, no reaching for the goal line. Always leads into balls going through the end zone, the back of the end zone. That's a rule in New England. You know that? You can't extend. If you're on the one or two yard line, you can't extend the football. It's a no-no in New England. There's all kinds of different things that you do in New England. But going back and forth and being those guys playing chess, what would you do here, Bill? Bill, say I see a triple set here, and I'm going to attack you. What would you do, you think, if I got three wide tight end with a block release or back out of the backfield? Bill goes, I'm going to press you, disguise it, maybe run a game in the middle, a DT twist, and I'm going to try to get the offensive line because for me to get you off your spot's going to be – they went back and forth like that. So that constant, that constant sitting and see, but know this, that's knowing that you have the guy in front of you. See, once you, once you solidify that position and you know, you have that figured out, you can sit there and develop game situational things because you're constantly changing your game plan. Think about this in new England for 20 years, they probably came out with a game plan. But through that game plan, how many times do you think they had to adjust because teams were doing something different? But because they had gone over situational defense and offenses, they were able to adjust their game plan right there on the fly because you know what they could do? They could take a page out of somewhere, maybe from three weeks ago, put it into today's game plan because they knew something worked against that type of 43 set. These guys were so smart at the end of the day this is how you get taken advantage of because of your personalities. And you take it for granted. Well, we're going to want to do this again because this is what you guys do. Patriots got caught with their draws down because Tom looked around the room and finally looked up and said, hey, look, I don't really have. Jeremiah, thank you, man. Jeremiah, you're really awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Jeremiah. I hate that people try to say it's Brady or Bill. The most team-oriented sport known to man. It's fundamentals. Impossible to say one would be. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. One guy's more important than the other. You're all important in a team. 
the team doctors, the trainers, the guys that get your shoulder pads ready, the guys that 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 give you water on the sidelines, the guys that give you the intel on what you're seeing on those tablets are just as important. The more and the the more relaxed I can be, and just to be free thinking about what's in front of me instead of going, I need water. I don't want to worry about that. I don't want to worry about that stuff. Hey, real quick, I got to get to this because I promised you. Trey Lance is five. Zach Wilson from the Jets is four. Justin Fields is three. Trevor Lawrence is two. And Mac Jones is number one. These are your five rookie quarterbacks. And I'm going to tell you something. Out of all five of these guys, I'd take Jalen Hurts over almost every one of them. Maybe I would take Trevor Lawrence over Jalen. But the rest of these guys are dudes so far. They're just dudes. I don't really see anything special out of these guys, especially the guy in New York with the Jets. I don't see anything special with that guy. Hey, guys, you guys are spectacular. Tomorrow's game day, so it's going to be pretty cool, right? We're going to be talking, kind of doing a pregame show for Buccaneers and Eagles, and I can't wait for that. Don't forget, catch check me out on my national radio show tonight as well or over on my Twitter page, at Dan Celio Show, and please do me a favor. Hit the like button on the way out the door. And if you missed any of it, like Ross Tucker in the first hour, please, you know, share it. Go back and watch it a little bit later on. We'll be with you tomorrow going 4 to 6 Eastern time. All of our shows are on the Jacob Media channel. I'll see you tomorrow. Have a great one. We'll see you on the flip side. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.